Before we get into today's episode, I just want to talk about being a working mom for a moment. Before the pandemic hit, I was honestly struggling to juggle it all. Getting up, getting ready, getting Milo up, getting him ready, getting both of us out the door, rushing to daycare, leaving him in the uncertain care of a stranger, then sitting in the stresses of rush hour traffic, paying for parking in the garage of my downtown high-rise office, skipping lunch, and then leaving early just to be able to pick him up from daycare on time. Corporate finance didn't match me as a solo parent, and that's why I chose to build my own home bookkeeping business. You might not be in the exact same situation, but whatever your need for flexibility is, I created the Home Bookkeeper Masterclass just for that. Professional and lifestyle flexibility. My course is now for a limited time being offered for only $99. In this course, I share everything I've learned about building and scaling my very own remote home bookkeeping practice. Enroll now at edjconsultinggroup.com under resources. We're back with another episode of Mommy Wines with your favorite wine mom, Emma Dawn. Tune in while she shares her motherhood experiences, introduces you to motivational and empowering special guests, and sips away your sins in the Mommy Wines Confessional. Mom life can sometimes get lonely and overwhelming, so she created this relatable, inclusive, and supportive space for us to be ourselves. Let loose, enjoy a glass of wine, and laugh. Get ready for today's episode. Here's Emma. Hello, 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 wine moms. Welcome back to another episode of the Mommy Wines Podcast. I am so glad you're here. And I am your host, as always, Emma Dawn. And in today's episode, I am talking with Susan, a.k.a. Admire Vine on Instagram. And if you love everything wine and pairings and style and fashion, you definitely have to go follow her because there is nothing that makes me want to open my cupboard, pull out a glass, uncork a bottle, and take some sips much like the wine porn she has all over her Instagram feed. Now, she is documenting a journey that she is going to be telling us more about in this episode. So if you love a woman, a single mom, who's just got it going on, because she's got style, she's got grace, she's a winner, she's a lady. Whoa, 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 she's a lady. (laughs) Who knows that song? I don't know. That is the song that comes into my head when I think of Susan. And I think it's like Tom Jones. I don't know. It's a really old song. I love it. But I'm here editing this episode and I wanted to do a nice little intro and I just wanted to let her know that that is the song that pops in my head when I think of her and I hope she likes it. Um, Hopefully she's a fellow theater kid. But... Stay tuned. You're not going to want to miss this episode. Here is Susan. What are you drinking? Just got it out of the fridge. Look, what a coincidence. Look what somebody left at my house last night. Ooh, what is it? Movo? Movo wine spritzers, raspberry rosé. There's four of them and they have four different flavors. 
Oh, that sounds yummy. I don't think I've seen that. Look how cute the packaging is. I know. I love that. Like the pink and the blue. That's super cute. But I was like, oh my God, somebody left those at my house. Um, So I'm like, what a coincidence because I'm going to try it. I want to get a bunch for us to like taste test on live, but I've never had a canned wine before. So I was like, I'm going to crack this open. No, let's definitely do some more tastings. I didn't, I don't have canned wine today. I just have like my, um, a pet nat that I've been drinking. I opened Friday. That's pretty. It's so pretty and it's delicious and I love it. It's sparkling. So cheers. Cheers. (laughs) We'll get into the real episode now. (laughs) I know. I know. I'm going to try this really quick though. Yeah. I love I love canned wines. I'm a big, like, canned wine fan. Oh, my God. That is so good. And it's not like a, it's not like like super bubbly like a soda. I just like how they're so fresh. You know, like, when you open a canned wine, you just get, like, the level of freshness that it keeps the wine, to me, is, like, appealing. And I like how I can try, because it's just me. Like, you're a single mom, right? Yeah. So it's just, you know, it's just me and my son. So like, I'm I don't, single ladies. <laughs> I know I try not to open too many bottles. I'm like, it's just me. So I need to like finish one before I open another one. Oh with yeah. Wines, you know, I can, I can try different wines and not have a whole bottle to finish. <laughs> like I can finish a can like that's doable. Oh, definitely. I have a big problem too, because if it's like a, one of the one hope bottles, because they're all screw tops, um, yeah. except for like their sparkling ones. If it's mm-hmm. like a, like a screw top, I don't have a problem opening it because I can close it up. It's like pretty sealed up and then I can just put it in the fridge. Um, yes. and I also drink a lot of like roses or whites. I'm not like the biggest fan of reds. You said that you're not a big red fan. I know. And I feel like they're always corked. And then like, they don't, I don't know. I feel like if you open a red wine, you just might as well finish it. Because like, yeah, I, that's I not you have, like, awkward two, putting it in the fridge. <laughs> I give red wines like two days. Like I know I'm sure it can go a little longer, but about two to three days for me is the max where I think like, it's still good. Yeah. And after that, I just have to call it a loss. And <laughs> <laughs> like, I have so many different wine stoppers, but I'm trying to figure out like which one really helps. And I have a, have you heard of the Corvin before? Yes, but they're so pricey. I got one on sale. Someone on Instagram, I cannot remember her name. She was like, oh, there's a sale on Corvin at Bergdorf's or something. I don't really shop there. I think it's more of like a high price luxury like site, but they had like 70% off their sale items. So I was able to get a Corvin for like a hundred dollars, which is like, Oh my God. Very, very good. Cause they can go up to like $400. And I was like, I'm not spending that much money on um, a device, an accessory. That's a lot of wine and like other things I can buy for that money. Um, so I have one and I need to start using it. I know I measure everything now and like how much wine can this buy me? Like before I buy something, that's I'm, like my new, um, my new measurement. Like those jeans are cute. How many bottles of wine can I get instead of these <laughs> jeans? I have a problem. Um, 
but I needed the Corvin I had and I need to use it because I think it'll help preserve the wines like a little longer. Some people say it can last like a good maybe three weeks. Some people have said. I've heard like everyone that has one says like raves about it. And I think I was in, I I need to go back through my emails uh because I think I was in communications with them um, to come on like as like a podcast sponsor. But Mm -hmm. I was like, Oh, I'm like, they're so pricey. So do you have honey on your computer? The little orange honey thing? No, I used to. Right. It tells you if there's deals going yeah, you on, right? You gotta get it. It like saves my life. And it, before I didn't have it because I was like, oh, I just would rather buy in person. Um, but then the mm-hmm. pandemic happened and now I like, don't even buy my groceries in person. Um, <laughs> so I, glory. I use honey so much. I swear it probably saves me at least $50 a week. That's good. That's pretty good. I think if you're looking for a Corvin, I know Bed Bath & Beyond, they sometimes have a really good deal on them. So definitely check it out. If I see, I mean, the last sale I saw, I posted it on my Instagram. So if I see a good deal on something like that, I share it with everybody. <laughs> like, go grab this. Like, you if you want to. it. So, you want to come yeah, say hi, Zippy? You know, <laughs> I know I keep seeing your little doggy. Like, oh, what type of dog is that? She's my son's golden doodle. Oh, <laughs> so cute. My son's been dying for a dog. Like, Okay, let me tell you a story. We had a dog this Christmas, right? The, um, like the local humane center and they had like these puppies. These were like six, six week old. Gosh, I can't remember the breed now. Mastiff, bull mastiff puppies. Oh, jeez. And I know I love big dogs. I love huge, big dogs. I think they're calmer. They have the better temperament and the small little like Chihuahuas that too much energy and I cannot deal with it. Oh, definitely. Especially um, if you have a boy, like Milo is so rough with our dog. If it was small, yeah. it would probably just like quiver and like hide from him. I think the same thing. So we got a dog. Am I kid you not? We had this dog for four days and I was like, this is not going to work. <laughs> the dog was great. This was, we called him Droopy. He was the most adorable dog in the whole entire world. But it was just the fact that, like, you can't leave the two alone. Oh. <laughs> like, I was like, as a single parent, like, I do not, I cannot constantly watch you two 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I was like, this is not going to work. Like, I need to be able to, like, go in the kitchen and make lunch or, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, See, he, maybe, in the room. maybe try. Well, so we rescued Zeppelin when she was already just about to turn one um, and we rescued her on St. Patrick's day. So, and then Salt Lake city basically went into their stay home order, like the very next day, March 18th. Oh, wow. Um, So, but like, she is, we got lucky. Like, honestly, we got lucky except for the fact that she's really being annoying right now. Go lay down. Go on. Um, but she came and she was like perfect. She was trained. She's like a nanny dog. So like when my son, um, during the pandemic, like we were just both home. So like, I wasn't as like, 
like stringent on like nap times and stuff like his daycare was. Yeah. So he would like fall asleep on the couch and like if he dropped his sippy cup, she would like pick it up. Or if he, his like blanket was falling oh. off, she'd like nudge it back up with her nose. And then she would just like cuddle up. And even now she was just she, like. Was she trained? Like she was already previously trained to do these things? Or? I don't think she was trained to do those things. I think it's just like her personality. That's and like so she's. That's- and she's so smart. But she's anxious as all hell. So like right now she's just like sitting on our couch guarding the window and that's what she does all day she just sits there and guards our house and like if there's like kids getting off the school bus or like a squirrel we live in Nevada so like there's not really too much wildlife but like every once in a while we'll see like a rabbit or like something Something, and she'll just be like oh stay away from my family and like bark at it but we rescued her from the pound and she just but she wasn't a puppy I feel like training a puppy is so hard. I just, it was so much. I'm like, this is not going to work. Like I cannot. And I'm also like working from home. So I know people think, oh, if you're working from home, you're not really working, but it's like, I have to actually work. <laughs> like, you know, like I have things I have to do. And I was like, I can't train a puppy and have like a toddler <laughs> at the That's same like two time. Kids. I, to, I know. I was like, I have to know my limits as a parent. And this is my limit <laughs> as a parent. <laughs> I could I get the word with like adoption in a sense. I'm like the temperament, you never know the temperament. And I kind of get nervous because I, I've never grew up with a dog. So I don't know that much about, you know, having one and training one. So I always get like nervous too. If I bring home a dog, if it doesn't like, you know, they don't mesh well. That's why I was like, Oh, if we get a puppy, they can grow up together. So you know, I'll probably have to revisit this idea. <laughs> maybe when he's turning four, so maybe at the end of the year, he's like four and a half, could be a little bit more responsible than we could. We could talk. I told Milo to wait until he was five. Oh, there's somebody walking down the down the street. I'm like, why is she growling? There's some random dude walking down the street. Um, Don't get too close. <laughs> but. I told Milo, I'm like, wait until you're five, because I, that's what I thought. I was like, he's going to be old enough. He's going to be able to help out. And he just like begged and begged and begged. And I was like, I just looked at Pet Finder. I'm like, what is, what is out there? I'm like, if there's something cool, I find. Because like, we didn't want to do a purchase. <laughs> because to buy no, one of these dogs, like the people who surrendered her to the pound, um, or the animal shelter surrendered her with all of their receipts and all of their uh, breeder paperwork because they got her from a breeder. She was like twenty five hundred dollars. Yeah, they're and, not. Yeah, some of these dog prices are terrifying. And I'm like, yeah. So like, I didn't want to buy a dog. And when I was in Ohio, I had bought a dog from a breeder, but it was only seven hundred. It was down by you in Columbus. Um, and it was a Bernese mountain dog. So best, best dog I've ever had. Um, and I got dogs just steal my heart. I got him <laughs> as a puppy, but I was like, I was like, I don't know. Like I love pit bulls, but like the way their hair is hollow, it like sticks in like your sweaters and like they shed a lot on your furniture. And yeah. so I didn't want to get one of those. And then I went there for this little wishbone dog and it would, it was like not the right fit. It was just like up and down, up and down, jumping all over, barking everything. And then I saw her 
And we, I brought her home. <laughs> it's kind of a pain That's in the sweet. butt. Because like. I need, to revisit, I need to revisit the doggy idea again. Just look on Pet Finder and type yeah. in doodles. Because they don't shed and, and I, they're hypoallergenic. I think too, the issue that I was having, that I probably have to stick to like the Humane Society in the pound. It was that. A lot of the shelters were saying he was too young for them for me to adopt a dog. So a lot of them had like no kids under 10. Some of them had like no kids under five. So I think that was the issue with the other shelters. Why I kind of kept looking just at the Humane Society and like our local um, pound because they had the age restriction for, because I also wanted like a Boston Terrier and, um, yeah, no, the, or the oh my French, god, get a, get a Frenchie, French, like, get a French bulldog. Yeah, like a Frenchie. Yeah, oh French bulldog. Because like they're the small, people. but they're sturdy enough that like a little kid could, they could be around a little exactly. kid. They're not one of those like fragile little like Yorkies or something. But then, then it's yeah, also definitely. convenient because they're not as giant. Like we travel a lot in the summertime, and we go on like road trips and and whatever, and. I have her registered as an ESA, so she can come mm-hmm. with us regardless, but it is kind of a pain in the butt when you're a single person traveling with a baby and a giant and dog. A dog. <laughs> uh, it's a lot. <laughs> but a Frenchie, oh my God, I want a Frenchie so bad, but they're like six grand. Yeah, those, the, the price tag, one of them, I, one breeder, I saw it was like 15,000 and I was just like, yeah, that's not going to happen for me. So we're going to like, yeah, just let me trade you like a Prius for a dog. Exactly. Like here's my car, (laughs) the dog, we'll just figure it out. (laughs) Hitchhike. We'll hitchhike home. You know, you get a cute little toddler, a cute doggy. It's so expensive. No, no. Like even, I would say like, I, I'm not like an extravagant person. Like even the wines that I like post or like show, like, I honestly don't even spend more than like $25 for my bottles of wine. See, I'm the same. Like I'm not, like, I'm not popping like $80 wines. <laughs> it's not. Who it's is? Not like, Real housewives? Like, No. I, I'm not. Well, I'm just trying either. to try so many different types of wine that I'm not at the point where I'm ready to invest like so much. And then you open a bottle like this is not my jam, and I just feel like, <laughs> you know, so X, is, Y, and Z. That actually brings me in. What a great transition! That brings me into one of the questions: Is you are currently doing? Is it called Meza? The Meza Challenge. The, um. Well, the um. The Wine Folly 34 Wines in 34 Weeks Challenge. Yes, that. What is that? And tell me more about it because I'm very curious. We need to take a short break to talk about my favorite wine company that gives back. And that's One Hope. I'm proud to say and celebrate that One Hope Wine has reached over $6 million in donations. That's crazy. One Hope's award-winning wines are made by some of the most acclaimed winemakers in the industry, blending traditional winemaking methods with modern techniques. Each exquisite bottle becomes a catalyst for change. 
One Hope's commitment to high-quality wine is as important as their commitment to the causes they support. Through the sale of every bottle, One Hope has donated over $6 million to impactful causes around the world. They have built a school in Guatemala, funded over 19,000 days of clinical trials for breast cancer research, planted a forest in Indonesia, provided over 3 million meals for children in need, and found over 80,000 pets forever homes. If you're going to sip, then sip with purpose. They even just released the new tasting flights, mini bottles for you to have your own wine tasting right at home. Shop, ship, sip, one hope at onehopewines.com backslash my shop backslash mommy wines. Link is in the show notes below. Yes. Okay. Yes. And yes. And yes. And yes to all the things cool. about this challenge. So how did I find it? I think I was just like wanting to do, wanting to learn more about wines. And my aunt was like, let's do some wine tastings together and such. So I started doing research and I came across, oh, like Wine Folly, because, you know, they have their book. They have lots of free resources on their website that has like purely beginner friendly information for wines. And so I, um, I was like, oh, they have a wine challenge. Like every week you try a different type of wine. And I mean, they probably have started like two to three weeks ahead of me. But I was like, OK, I'll still just jump on. And so from there, I was like, oh, let me create an Instagram page and let me just track like all the wines that I'm going to be trying. And so, oh, so is that how your Instagram started? started? That's how my Instagram started. I was like, let me just track the 34 weeks and see how, yeah. I was like, let's just see how this goes. Like where I, I want to know like where I start off and where I end with it and just like see where, you know, the wine journey takes me. Like I've worked in restaurants before as a server. So I have some basic wine knowledge and like, you know, you know, I know a little bit, I'm not going to say I knew a lot coming into the thing, into all this fun stuff, but I just started there. And the very first week was like a kava. And even that, I didn't even know what a kava was. I was like, what is a kava? And it's just yeah, like, I've never heard of that wine. either. Yeah. It's just pretty much like a sparkling wine from Spain. Like when you drink a Prosecco, that's from Italy okay. and with Spain. Yeah. They have kava, you know, champagne with it's a capital C. Yeah, it's only from this champagne region in France. If it has a lower KC, it, it has the same methods, but it's just not with a capital C, which is from a particular region in in France, which I didn't know any of this before oh either. Oh my God, I so, didn't either. Yeah, so there's a difference between champagne, if you see with a capital C versus champagne with a lower KC. So that that's the thing. And I was like, oh, this is also fascinating. And I just like have gone down this rabbit hole of like, all right, it's a new week. What am I learning? <laughs> um, tasting, and I've started taking different wine classes just to know more. And so it's been fun. So are you taking and, the We Set? Or is it, what is it, yeah, the I Set? Took, people say it in different ways. I've heard people say W Set. I've heard people say WSET. So I think it just depends. I don't know the official, but it is... Um, I took the level one, there's different levels. And I took the very introduction, um, introductory course. And it's 
it goes over very basic, like how is wine made? How is white wine made? What is rosé? <laughs> you know, like how sparkling wine and you go through a few different types of grapes and, you know, you learn the real, the very important, the major regions slightly. So I took level one. I took the, a class in like all of January and we took the exam in February, but um, we don't have the results yet. I think they said it'll take like almost 10 weeks to get your results. So oh my God, no, I would be yes, like a nervous wreck. <laughs> I was. And then I just forgot about, I just, someone mentioned like, I have my results. I was like, I need to check on what's going on with mine because you record, you know, it's like the proctor, like the online exam. So they yeah. record you and they have to sit there. It's the company is based in England and they have to watch everybody's exam. <laughs> Oh, see, I've taken the, I've taken proctor exams for like investments, mortgage loan officer, and my, Uh um, like insurance licenses, but they all like immediately gave me my results. Like I knew as soon as I hit submit test, if I like passed or failed, but like, no, they were saying they watch everyone's exam, (gasps) like, and it's global. So everyone all over the world. They're watching one by one all the exams. So that would be such a boring job. I know. I can't (laughs) miss out the type of work I can do. I'm like, you did well. You did, you passed. The person could have like got up, got a book, like looked at answers, and I didn't watch till the end. And I was like, you passed. Good job. Next. (laughs) Everyone, everyone I graded passed. Every single one. Everyone you watched passed. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I just have a really skilled, um, disciplined group of testers, I guess. (laughs) Like everyone passed. There you go. Wine for all. (laughs) You get a pin, you get a pin, you get a pin, you all do. Yeah. So what is the WESET and kind of what inspired you to try to become certified in wine? Um, one inspired me was just I kind of, when I like learning, I like having some form of like outline and some type of guidance instead of just like a free for all, like me just doing my own thing. So I was like, okay, you know, this seems pretty structured. Um, And then I was like, okay, it'll, I checked around and I saw a lot of people um, with the, either the WCO one or the two. So I was like, okay, this seems like a legit um, certification to have. So I just went ahead and jumped on it and did it. And it's really interesting because in January I was actually supposed to be starting taking some courses for um, a master's program I was interested in. (laughs) And it was in research ethics, um, because I I work in research during the day, but wine sounded so much more interesting (laughs) than research ethics. Yes. (laughs) I was like, hmm, do I want to read about all these like ethical issues and like clinical trials and in research or do I just want no. to learn about wine? Wine is I- so much happier. <laughs> so I just like dropped my course um, and I was like, I'm just going to do this because I'm a big, I love learning new things. And I was like, okay, wine sounds like way more interesting. So I, <laughs> I was like, I'll just do this. So that's how it started and that's how I'm here so it's been really fun and like Instagram 
community is really sweet. Like you're, you reached out to me, like you're the sweetest person and Aww. you know, like there's so many like really authentic people. I know people, you know, social media gets this like bad rep about people being inauthentic and just, you know, not being true to themselves or portraying some type of lifestyle, but every, most people I've come across is like the complete opposite. <laughs> I know. So. It's, it's funny because like, that's one of the many reasons, like I started this podcast is because back when I started social media was still really into like the Instagram models or the picture perfect aesthetic feeds. Um, and like, especially like just trying to build a mom community because I felt like there are these like play groups and I tried a couple of them when my son was little, but there are like these play groups or these mom groups that you can do like locally where you can set up play dates with people in your area. And that is just like the most nauseating, exhausting thing to do ever. I don't know if you're a fan of it, but it was like the worst for me. Cause I like was more worried about interacting with a person face to face than I was like anything else. It was just like so much stress and it was like the worst. And then it was just like a bunch of moms sitting around like talking shit. And I'm like, I'm a pro talk shit, but like, <laughs> like this is too much for me. Um, But I thought, I just, I don't know. Like I thought social media and like podcasting would just be like such an easy way for like women to connect with each other and kind of, I don't know, re-spark the pen pal thing. <laughs> Cause that was fun. Like yes. way back in the day, you go on the website pen pal and you just find a friend in like some crazy, cool, exotic place. That's so much different than your boring hometown. <laughs> well, I think at the end of the day, people just want to connect. You know what I'm saying? Like people just want to talk to other people and connect, you know, and obviously that's one thing that came out of 2020 is like people really striving more for personal connections and wanting to like really dig a little deeper and you know that's what it's that's what you know platforms like Instagram I'm not really that big on Facebook um but Clubhouse are you on Clubhouse no people have told me about it but no I'm not on Clubhouse yet is it do I have to do it (laughs) I I don't know like I enjoy it because I get to just really talk with other people and I also really connected even more with some people through Clubhouse that I that we then connected through Facebook I mean through Instagram but I like just going into like they call it rooms and just talking to people about whatever topic that is there we just have conversations just like how we're having now it'll just be like other people in the room and we're all talking Oh, that's interesting. See, I've been posting um, like bookkeeping tutorials, like for small businesses, like, and then how to do like, how to run, um, like how to navigate QuickBooks online on YouTube. And somebody who found my YouTube channel um, commented like, oh, you should do this on Clubhouse. It's like the like professional version of like TikTok, but like different. It's like how people want to gain traction on Instagram. They use TikTok. It's like, I guess people who want to gain traction on YouTube can use Clubhouse because I guess they have Mm -hmm. like 
educational rooms or tutorial rooms. I guess there's a room for everything, but I haven't checked it yeah. out yet. So maybe I, there's maybe like, I will. There's, there's so many topics and it just depends on what you want to really go. If you want to use it like more for your business or more for your podcast, there's lots of mom rooms. Um, I used to be a part of a mom room. We did like once a week, all moms, we just come together and we just talk about our week, talk about our kids, <laughs> you know, like, Fine. What, you know, and that was great. I haven't, um, I think that we kind of all stopped because we all got really busy, <laughs> of course, but uh, I think it's whatever you want to use it for. Like you can use it more for business and it could be strictly business. But for me, I just, I go to a lot of, there's a lot of wine rooms, <laughs> um, lots of wine people. We, we just have like wine chats. So those are fun for me. I mainly use it for the wine people, <laughs> but yeah, there's, there's like motivational and you can like people that are like marketing or how to be successful in life. And you can go in those rooms, but I just find my wine people like what are you drinking tonight let's talk wine like okay fun let's do that wine people are the best people I know (laughs) I think we're just so mellow and I think it's a real switch on people trying to make wine not as stuff like stuck up you know what I'm saying yeah that's one of the things that like really intimidated me about wine and one of the reasons so, um, and you're coming on one in the future are the wine taste, the live wine tastings. And yes, I'm excited. So, uh, yeah, that's like another thing with my podcast is like, I just wanted to make wine fun and relatable because back in the day, I was never like a wine drinker. And I, I definitely, I'm curious. I, I always ask this question, like what got you into wine? But like back in the day, I was like a whiskey person or like a mixed drink cocktail person. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. And as I've gotten older and after having my son, I just could not hang anymore. Um, <laughs> like I, my tolerance <laughs> went like to zero. Um, but like wine was something that I could like, it, I don't know, like each wine bottle has like a little story on the back and it's not as like extreme as like straight up hard liquor. And that's kind of like what got me into it. And as I've learned more and more with having podcast guests or doing like the live tastings, it's been, it's been interesting for sure. I love uh, wine. People are definitely the best people because they are so mellow. And I think it's, it, it the stigma around wine being like prissy or fancy is kind of like, I don't want to say it's not fancy because you definitely can get really fancy with wine, but like, I just don't think it has to be as complicated. You know, you don't have to be that pretentious person who's like swirling and sniffing and like calling out all the notes and like berating your poor, poor server at a restaurant. (laughs) The only, like, the one thing, like, it was, like, the first reel I ever posted was just, like, at the end of it, I was, like, wine is simply meant to be enjoyed, like, period, point blank. At the end of the day, that's what I think wine is. It is for you to simply enjoy. Like, (laughs) to me, that's what it is in the simplest form. Like, either with you're with friends, you're by yourself, you're out and about, like, Nobody buys wine and is like, ooh, I hope I don't enjoy this glass. Like, that's not, 
<laughs> no one says that. Oh, there might be some Karens out there who are who are spite buying wine. Who knows? Maybe, maybe just to post like a negative review, like, yeah, oh, but I it, cannot wait. But at that point, (laughs) yeah, at that point, wine is not their problem. They are their problem. (laughs) Exactly. And for me, it's like, no matter what you drink, like, just enjoy it. And that's why I really try, like, to talk more about, like, what's in the bottle as opposed, like, as opposed to be like, you need to buy this bottle of wine. Because Mm -hmm. one, we all have access to, like, different types of wine, depending on where you are and so forth. So I try to be more like, what about this wine or what about the grapes or the region makes this good? So that way people can go find something similar or, you know what I'm saying? Or like, yeah, maybe it's a particular grape. They're like, hmm, that sounds interesting. And I'm not like, oh, this is the one you need to buy. This is the bottle. And it's like, no, because you're having people hunt down for one particular bottle. And there's so many great winemakers out there and you know, it's like, go find something similar and you enjoy it. And if you don't, then you can probably know more of the reasons why you don't like it and find something you, you would like to drink when, you know, the kids are asleep or <laughs> with your dinner or however you enjoy wine. I love, I, I love the learning process when it comes to wine. It's definitely something that is a grown passion. I'm definitely not like a winery kid who like grew up with it. Absolutely. We actually, I think my aunt is the only big booze hound in my family. So I didn't even really grow up with like my mom drinking wine or anything. It's just something that like I've kind of found a passion for and grown into as I've gotten older. And like, you're so right. There's so many different things, like everything factors into it, which is something that makes wine so unique is like, Mm-hmm. The soil, the process, the the region, the type of grape, which who knew there were like, I always thought there was just red and green, <laughs> like, but there's like so many different types of grapes. So it's, many. It's fascinating. It is. It's all like, it's its own little world. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, to me, in such a small bottle, like it is, it's. It's a whole entire like world behind wide, which is interesting. I love it. So you mentioned that I found you on Instagram and I did because it's a known fact here at Mommy Wines that I just like stalk all the cool people on Instagram. It's where I do a <laughs> huge, it's where I get most of my guests, but hey, it's research. It, it's a great place to connect, but I noticed that your, your Instagram is super artsy and you did a whole highlight of well first of all the jumpsuit roller skating reel is gold (laughs) that is prime time instagram content that is just susan like that was what i was doing like before it like it being i was like let me just record me going out and skating i have like three pairs of roller skates i prime time dorky like out there in jumpsuits skating when I don't have my son around (laughs) yeah loved it but you also did a a highlight um was that back in February where you paired artists with winemakers that was so interesting 
all that. Yes. Um, it was very interesting. I was trying to find different ways to connect with wine. And um, I studied art history in college. Um, I grew up in Los Angeles. So I went to performing arts schools pretty much from elementary to high school. So like dance, um, like <clears throat> jazz, ballet. Um, I studied musical theater, drama, um, all of that fun stuff is what I grew up doing. Fine. And so, yeah, and you know, I, my, 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 day, my day job is not in the arts, but I was like, it's such a big part of my, my world and my lifestyle. Like me and my son, we go to the museums all the time, um, of course, pre-pandemic. <laughs> and I was like, I need to put my, I need to put my degree to work. <laughs> <laughs> I spent so much time getting this degree and it's so, so part of my, you know, my life. And I'm like, I think wine, there's lots of similarities between art and wine and even artists and winemakers. So, um, so I decided like, how about I just share the two? Like when I learned about a particular wine, most wines that I learned about, I don't share it too much, but anytime I learn about a particular wine, I feel as though there's an artist or art movement that like immediately like I think about and so I was like how about I share this and see how how this goes and how you know people react to it so that's kind of where I where I got it from in the series was um pairing black artists and black winemakers so just kind of exposing people to like some some winemakers and some artists that they may or may not have come across and you know being able to sip some wine and like looking at a piece of art and maybe get to know it better because I think with art people will enjoy art more when they can know when they know about it like have you ever gone into a museum and you don't know what you're looking at like you see the art oh yeah kind of like this is nice I see it obviously but I (laughs) I'm not (laughs) I don't know what's happening (laughs) yeah if there weren't people who like worked there I would do my lap, I would see everything that needed to see, and then I would get right out of there. But like, yes. when there's people who are working there, and they like, come up to you and tell you like a little bit about the artist or where they're from, or just like what the piece is about, like, that's kind of where art becomes interesting. And I'm sure like yes, the people who spend all of this art, money on art, like they buy it and it gets delivered and hung up in their house and then they probably tell that same story every time someone new comes over (laughs) and it's just like regurgitated because one of my bookkeeping clients used to be um in like this kind of uh prestigious art gallery and Mm -hmm. if I ever had a question or anything oh you can't even talk to that guy because he would just go off and off and off about these artists or the piece or whatever just sold and I am like man I'm like if I had a piece of fancy art like that like that is the story that I would tell every single time somebody new came to my house (laughs) and it's like let me tell you the story about this piece and then you go off but I think that's the thing about art like once people know about it it becomes more relatable and enjoyable and so you know that's just kind of um just kind of been what I wanted to do, make it more enjoyable and relatable, especially in terms of like wine. Um, I think, I also think the more you know, the more you drink, like the more you know about wine, 
the more you're likely. I'm sure you know you try so many fun wines as well on the show. So I oh my god, look at like my countertop. More. I'm like running. I see out it of, back there. I'm running out of room. <laughs> I and like man. it probably looks like I'm the biggest drunk because in my fridge are like a bunch of these canned spiked coffees. My entire okay. twelve pack case of One Hope wines and then I have a box of these and then like all of the wines that don't even fit in my fridge are on my counter and I'm like oh my god I'm running out of room and then like those are up there are all the bottles I drank (laughs) (laughs) you see them I I can see them I'm I'm saving them because I want to make a chandelier that's I I wish I can show you where my wine is all of my wine I've like cleared out my closet like (laughs) half of my closet and all of my wines are just in my closet I have like a small wine fridge and oh so when I first got this wine fridge it held six bottles right and I was like is that even a wine fridge I thought it was huge at the time because I just started I was buying like one bottle a week maybe and so I was like, six bottles? Oh my gosh, that's a lot of wine. <laughs> so I got this wine fridge and then it got to the point where I was like, this is nothing. This is like a baby fridge. So I only put my whites, any whites or sparklings, I put it in there. The rest are in my closet, on my closet floor, laying there. Like oh I don't my have God. a fancy floor. I showed my cousin, he's like, yeah, we need to get you a wine shelf. I'm like, I know I need to like, storage in order (laughs) this is the only place where it's not going to get light my house is always hot because either the heater is on or in in the summer emma i barely turn on my ac i do not like it when it's cold oh like i'm always cold myself so i was like i need to keep my wine in a place where it's not warm and the heat is not messing with (laughs) wine (laughs) so in the closet they go yeah i need to get it together Oh my gosh. Well, we are going to take a really quick break. And then when we come back, we are going to play a truth or false wine game. Uh Uh-oh, I'm excited. (laughs) Okay, wine moms, let's get serious, but just for a moment. For years, I have been dreaming up and working on putting together a nonprofit program to aid the youth aging out of the foster care system. Recently, I submitted this idea to the heads of the Department of Child and Family Services here in my state, and thankfully, my program was approved. They saw an overwhelming need, and the Sterling Lives program is now moving forward. But to make this a reality, we will need more than the little bit of government funding allocated for these youth. Most of these youth aging out will face homelessness, addiction, incarceration, or worse. At best, many continue the cycle of negativity by entering into criminal organizations and gangs, or abusive relationships that result in unwanted pregnancies, poverty, unsafe work trades, leading to even more children entering the foster care system, and families living off government welfare. To break these chains and end the cycle, the Sterling Lives program is dedicated to helping aged-out youth transition into healthy, productive adults. 
granting youth eco-friendly and affordable housing, safe work opportunities with flexible schedules to prioritize mental health, education, and job training, all while boosting America's rural economy with sustainable, environmentally focused tourism. Ways you can help are by snagging up some MWP merch, drinking One Hope wine, and donating directly at the Sterling Lives GoFundMe. All links are in the show notes below. Wine Moms, I have a confession. Coffee is one of my major food groups. <laughs> Having my son home with me all year through a pandemic, expanding my home bookkeeping practice, EDJ Consulting Group, getting my nonprofit program, Sterling Lives, approved, beginning to homeschool, starting sports, getting roped into being a coach. It's honestly what keeps me going and retaining the little bit of sanity I have left. Coffee over cardio is my go-to lifesaver. It's owned and operated by female entrepreneur Abby Scott, and it's all carb-free, sugar-free, keto-friendly, and gluten-free. With super fun flavors like birthday cake, cinnamon bun, French toast, vanilla hazelnut, my favorite, and so many more, you honestly can't go wrong. Coffee Over Cardio has all your coffee accessories like tumblers and frothers, creamers, and my must-have hydrate you can add to coffee or water. Upping the flavor and hydration with electrolytes. Abby is seriously a genius. Get 10% off when you use my code 10 Dawn and free shipping on orders over 85. Once again, that's code 10 Dawn, and the link is in the show notes below. Nice little break for a commercial and a bathroom break. <laughs> exactly. Okay, are you ready? So I, norm- I am ready. I normally send out these outlines, but I didn't send you one because I have the game with all the answers on the back. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I have no idea what to expect. Okay, let's let's go. So it's a true or false. Now. You just have to say if the statement is true or false, and then I will go ahead and um, read the answer. So the first statement is, old wines are better. False. It is false. It says Italy, (laughs) Sicily, old red wine bottles aging in a cellar. When you see old and rare bottles of wine being auctioned off at high, very high prices, it is easy to jump to the conclusion that the older a wine is, the better it is. And then it says, actually, most wines are made to be consumed within a year or two of their release. So you're right. The second- All right. I was like worried it was a trick one. So I was like, okay. I got <laughs> That's also an opinion, but Honestly, like, I don't know if I would want to drink, like, a super old bottle. I would maybe, like, keep it as, like, a decoration, but I, I, I don't think I'd ever open it. Yeah, it just depends if it was stored right. 
otherwise you're just going to be drinking some really bad old wine. <laughs> yeah. And then also like if it's a hundred years old, God only knows where it's been like the past hundred years. Yeah. Like I said, unless someone like you knew where it's been for the past hundred of years and it wasn't like, look what we found somewhere in someone's attic. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Gross. The next one is legs are evidence of a high quality wine. False. That is false. It says the legs or tears are the streaks that run down the glass are called Oh, that's what they are called, are actually indications of, I don't even know how to pronounce that word, viscosity. Yes, viscosity. There There you go. There's that education being put to work, (laughs) (laughs) which relates to the wine's alcohol content. Higher the alcohol, the thicker the legs. Ooh, I like that because it's popular to be thick nowadays. Exactly. <laughs> I'm like, there's my, there's my giant thighs coming into work. Girl, you and me both. So not cool when I was growing up in high school, but it's doing me great now. <laughs> so the next statement is only leftover white wine should be refrigerated. False. Uh, it's true. Oh, well, you can. Okay, let's see what the answer. Let's 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 see the reasoning. It says cold acts as a preservative as much for red as it does white. The main difference is you'll have to warm up the red a bit at room temperature before drinking it. If you can't drink the remainder of a bottle within a few days, then you should put it in your refrigerator to re- uh, to store it. So yeah, I guess I because reds are supposed to be served at room temperature or even like slightly warmer, which I think is so not refreshing. Yeah. Any, anytime I open any bottle of wine, like if I don't finish it, it's going right in the fridge, whether it's white or red, even the reds, like if I open it and I don't finish it, it's going right in the fridge right away. <laughs> same. Same. I don't know. I just, my grandma used to have one of those butter trays that she would keep on her, like next to her stove. And she would just like Uh put the little glass cap on it and like leave it out. And like, I don't know, like it was fine when I was a kid, but now I'm so like worried about germs and bacteria and growth that I like, I put everything in the fridge. I put bread in the fridge. I put, I put like, um, like the sticks of butter, yes, but I leave out, um, like I buy Amish butter when I'm feeling fancy and <laughs> they come in this big, yeah, because it's like, yeah, it's this big roll of butter and the Amish butter, the Amish make butter and their butter tastes delicious. Like I just need butter and bread and I will survive for the rest of my life. But I leave that <laughs> on the counter. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's this Amish, not Amish, Irish butter that I like. Um, and it's, you buy it with like the rest of the butter. So it is refrigerated, but it says to store it at room temperature. So I'm like, I I don't know. I can't, uh, it weirds me out, but it, it does make sense. They say, it does say you could store red wine 
but you'd have to let it sit out to become room temperature before drinking it. And that is just a suggestion. You don't have to do that for all the people who are going to come at me. Like, let me live my life. (laughs) I know it's a suggestion. It's not law. Whatever works for you. Yes. (laughs) Now the next one, we have two more. The next one is blended wines are not as good as non-blended wines. Oh, that's false. It is false. It says, when given a choice, most people will choose single grape wines. Instead, blends can often be the best mix of all your favorites. When winemakers mix one grape with another, it can be so much better than them alone. So put your nose up to blends. See what you like. Yeah, blends are good. You know. I feel like all rosés are blends, aren't they? Pretty much. A lot of times, yeah, if they're going to blend, definitely different types and a lot of times champagnes are blends too really yeah like yeah they'll blend like maybe like different types of um different types of white grapes or red pinot noir can sometimes make champagne too but um yeah champagnes a lot of times and sparkling wines you get blends there too and then it's sometimes blended with the different years like a lot of times with sparkling wines or champagnes they'll mix like wines from different years that's why a lot of time on the bottle, you won't see like the year on it. You'll just see the name. See, I so. never even thought of doing that. I am learning so much today. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah, that's not something I would have ever thought to do is to mix different. And I bet that gives it more like, like a dynamic yeah. flavor. Yeah. Cause you I mean, not every year it's going to be, weather is going to be perfect. Like you were saying, and you know, things happen. So they, they blend the different types of year to make sure you get a really good balanced flavor. I wish so. I was a winemaker. I know. That would be so much fun. <laughs> last, last one. You should serve red wine at room temperature. I mean, I guess it's true. That one is actually false. And it says, it really depends on what room temperature is. Red wine is best served between 57 and 65 degrees, depending on the grape variety. I was going to say, because like the Pinot Noir can be a little bit cooler than like a Cab Cabernet. You probably won't. See, I like... like I've just recently gotten into Pinot Noirs and it's making me feel very fancy and sophisticated. <laughs> um, and that is 57 to 65 degrees Fahrenheit, 14 to 18 degrees Celsius for all of my Canadian listeners. Cause there's a big chunk of y'all out there. Um, <laughs> oh, good old Canada. Um, but like, I, I just, drink my Pinot Noirs and this is probably going to freak everyone out who's like a wino listening to this but I just put them in the fridge with my whites and then if I find if I find a Pinot Noir that's like a little too bold for me then I just put a little Pinot Grigio in it that's very interesting and I just blend it myself at home DIY look at you you're you're gonna come on to something like five years it's gonna be like I've released my own blend 
<laughs> I, you know, what is funny is what kind of inspired this move out of Utah back to Nevada was I was in communications, um, on doing like a little wine bundle, uh, where it was going to be like, I was going to be like blending and tasting and creating, like working with a winemaker to create my own little, um, wine bundle. And it was going to be like a gift set that you could buy around like someone's birthday or Christmas or mother's day. Um, but I couldn't get any samples and I couldn't get anything delivered in Utah. Like I can here in Nevada. I have a wine delivery like every other day at my house and FedEx, like we're on a first name basis. They, they like, don't even knock. They like, don't even knock. They just like leave it at my front door and leave. They don't check my ID anymore. They don't do anything. And I'm like, yes. So (laughs) because before when I would get wine deliveries, I would have to like sit and sit and sit like by my door to make sure I didn't miss them. One, one that went to like the wrong place that you were like sharing in your stories. I think I remember you saying it was that box of 12 bottles from one hope. It was like an entire case of wine and it like got put onto the wrong truck. And it went to Salt Lake City, to like the FedEx hub or whatever in oh. Salt Lake City. But because it was wine, they couldn't like have it leave Salt Lake. So it was stuck in Salt Lake for four days while they figured out how to give me my package. And I literally had to sit like by the door for like four days because it was supposed to be delivered oh. on Friday. And I don't, I got it. So not Friday, not Saturday, not Sunday. And not Monday, it came on like Tuesday. And I was like, are you freaking kidding me? That was like an entire weekend that me and my son could have been outside doing something, but now I'm waiting for FedEx. I know. I think the whole like wine laws and shipping and all of that by state, like, oh, if you're in this state, you can't get it. Or or, it's just like, it's just insane. Yeah, it's really annoying. Um, those bottles, these black bottles over here, um, or actually, yeah. I think they're like green. I think wine bottles here, are green, aren't they? Black. Um, but those are Poundstone, and she mm-hmm. was just getting. So they have a winery in a boutique winery in California, um, and they've always okay. been in restaurants and at their own private winery. They never really did online sales. Um, but since the pandemic, the restaurants have shut down stuff like that. So she was, we had to push back our live wine tasting because she was like trying to figure out how to get this like wine shipping program. And then you have to get all these, like, I guess, permits and you have to get like verified by every single state you ship to. And I'm like, just we are all grownups. Okay. <laughs> Let us live our life. So just ship it to my house. I don't care where I live. Like if you're not in a position in your life to handle a wine delivery, no one's forcing you to buy it. But I always think the funniest label on like you see when you get a wine delivery is it says like if this person is inebriated, do not deliver them the wine. And I'm just like <laughs> that's the whole point, people. <laughs> I was like, how do you really like judge if someone is like, I doubt majority of people are coming, like stumbling to their door, like to sign for their like 
package. Like I know like alcoholism is like serious and everything, but I doubt most people are like, yeah, let me just sign for, like stumbling just to get their wine. We're usually sober. It, d- we it depends because FedEx just, delivers up until eight o'clock here. So. Oh, well, yeah. You, some some days if you're showing up late. <laughs> Can you imagine if the UPS guy was or like the FedEx guy was like, not today. Not today, Susan. <laughs> like you're slurring too much. I'll come be back tomorrow. <laughs> like, just give me my wine, please. Like, I just need my babies. Because <laughs> then you have to leave them like, you got to let them rest after traveling because they've had a rough, rough flight. You got to like let them sit for like, a week maybe or a couple days like the bottle shock of it all yeah I I let mine sit because there were a couple times that like I just filled a wine glass up with ice and opened a bottle of Pinot Grigio straight from the One Hope box and it was it was a little spicy a little spicy a little spicy it was like not what I was looking for because I was like really it was a little razzled yeah I'm like okay well here take a Xanax and sit in the fridge (laughs) yeah like you need to chill out you've had a long flight like just 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 sit there for a minute let me get back to you (laughs) there you go people that's your wine tip I usually buy my wines local like we have a lot of really really good local wine shops around um, so I don't, I don't have to order wine too often, only if it's like a really good like winemaker and I can't get their wines, um, you know, like locally, but I'm in, I've never had to buy wine during like this summer. So I don't know if they, if they ship wine during the summer, cause it's too hot or like, do they, they ship them in coolers? Like, I don't know how it works. So, yeah, so they do, um, they ship all year round and they're all kind of like insulated with this like cardboard stuff. And then I would imagine, because yeah. when I talked to the people at FedEx, it was like surprisingly warm here already. So I was like, mm-hmm. okay, well, I have white wines in there. Are you shipping this on a temperature controlled truck? And it was on a temperature controlled truck until it reached the local distribution. And then I'm like, Got okay, it. well, by then, if you're pack, like if, um, I think they just like ship it the same as they would like Home Chef. Oh, okay. Or like Hello Fresh. But he's awake. <laughs> he's awake. He. I was like, we went to get ice cream um, because I was gonna try to help the ice cream and keep him <gasps> while oh we record. Is hi, cutie pie. And he and he Aww. fell asleep. Are coming back from getting ice cream, and so I was like, "Oh, this is great because now I can record this podcast without like <laughs> interruption." So he made it. So, <laughs> Do you want to say hi to everyone? I'm gonna say hello. Oh. <laughs> he didn't get to eat his ice cream, so now he's like, "Where's that ice cream that I fell asleep getting?" <laughs> Well, go eat your ice cream and we will save your confession for when we go live. I think that will be fun. Um, but tell everyone who's listening to this episode where they can find you online and on social media. Okay, of course. Um, you can find me on Instagram. My handle is admirevines. Um, and 
I'm very, very active on Instagram. Um, I post often. I'm in my stories. Um, if you have any questions, I answer DMs. Um, I am building my website and that should be up hopefully <laughs> within like the next two weeks and that's admirevine.com. Um, I'm also, whatever I post on Instagram in my posts, they go to my Facebook page. So if you are more Facebook than anything else, you can also find me at Vine. everything. <laughs> that's just, you know, the handle Perfect. I use. I love so. that handle. Thank you. It's my middle name. My middle name is Admire, and it's really like Admire and Vine, like me and the Vine, me and all the, <laughs> the wine. Um, so it's a, it's a great handle. So you guys you. are all tangled up in a viney really little fun. romance. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for being my guest today. Go enjoy some ice cream with your cute little sleepy boy. I know. This has been wonderful. Thank you so much for inviting me. I've had a great time, you know, speaking with your audience. <laughs> me too. And I look forward to opening up some new canned wines with you on live. Absolutely. So we will chat soon. Thank you so much, Emma. <laughs> You're welcome. Bye. Bye. Hey, 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 wine moms. I'm sure you've already heard, but the MW Wine Club is a virtual happy hour, and it's here. Not here on the podcast, but here in the world, it is something that is happening over on IG. This is a virtual happy hour where I go live on Instagram with real wine industry professionals. I try new sips. We host giveaways, and we play games and contests. And I also create delectable cocktails. And most importantly, I connect with all of you. Best part is, it's absolutely free. And you get to engage from the comforts of home. Get insider wine tips in your sweats. What's better than that? I don't know. Nothing. I can't think of anything. All events and details are listed at themommywines.com under the events page. Go check it out and find me on live. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Mommy Wines podcast. Make sure to leave a rating and review. And don't forget, if you're listening on YouTube, to give this video a big thumbs up and make sure to subscribe. And feel free to share this episode with your friends. Be like, Hey girl, just listen to this super awesome and relatable podcast from Mommy Wines. Here's the link to the episode. Have fun. You know. And to support the show and keep it growing, snag some MWP merchandise available at themommywines.com. You can also find all of my wine gadgets and my favorites right there under the shop page. For even more tipsy content, Follow Mommy Wines Podcast on Instagram. On IG, I go live with real wine industry professionals. I try new sips, connect with all of you wine moms, and share some pretty funny memes if I do say so myself. All sponsor info and links will be available in the details below. So until next Wine Wednesday, mamas, parent and drink responsibly.